This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, we're long tossing here on this 10th day of September. It's the first football Sunday of 2023, Steven Strom, Gabby Sanchez. No Kyle Seeloff right now. We don't know if he's going to make an appearance. We will break that news once I get permission, but uh, it is just going to be Gabby and I here. Uh, it's going to be the rubber match here on this Sunday from Citizens Bank Park. We're going to try to get this out before the game, but if you are listening on Monday, hopefully the Marlins um, not only won this series, but the season series, Gabby. And uh, I guess we'll start with the current state of the Miami Marlins are a game and a half out of that National League wildcard spot. And here he is, Kyle Seeloff, as he walks into the the door now. But, Gabby, we can first start with just um, the gauntlet of the schedule, taking two out of three against the Dodgers. You win game one here in Philly. As of right now, I think it's a little frustrating to look at the standings. You're a game and a half out, and it feels like you've played pretty well through the first six games of this quote-unquote gauntlet with the Dodgers and the Phillies. No, I think that you have played extremely well when you kind of look at the way that they've been playing uh, these last about eight, nine games. Uh, you, you even look at yesterday's game that, you know, the team lost. They were down 5 nothing. didn't resilient bunch. We've said it all year. They come back, all of a sudden make it a 5-4 ball game. Then, of course, the Phillies were able to score three in that bottom of the fifth, and it kind of got away from them. But still, it's a resilient bunch. I think that, you know, the, the adding of power with Bell and Berger, uh, that has definitely helped this ball club out, uh, especially this run that they're going to be on. But again, you can't look forward. You kind of have to look where you're at, and you have to win today. Especially your game and a half out, you do not want to fall more than that. Games are starting to kind of get away from you, right? Yep. The season's starting to to come to an end, so you have to play all these games like they're all playoff games, to be honest with you. Hi, Kyle. Hey, hey, guys. Are you okay? Yeah, everything's good. Thank you. Do you want to share news, or do we want to continue with baseball talk? Uh, no, my sister had a baby. I'm very happy for her. Congratulations. Yeah, can, yeah Congratulations. thank you. Boy, thank you. girl, what's uh, uh, give us the update. It's a boy. His name is Charlie. Everybody is. Uh, my good. sister is healthy. The baby nice. is healthy. Beautiful. And everything else sounds absolutely horrific. Uncle so. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it sounds. It was a long time. Uh, absolutely horrific. But I'm glad everybody is doing well back home. Uncle Kyle. Yeah. How does it feel? Um, the emotions, just for the, we're going to do the whole interview thing. The emotions going through you right now? Pretty indifferent. I'm just happy that <laughs> I'm just happy everybody's healthy. Again, I'm very, very happy for them. Everybody's everybody's good. And uh, the details that were provided to me, everything sounds awful. But I'm glad everything so when, worked, so worked when out perfect. So season's over, you're going to be able to go see your little nephew? I considered... Going after the game tonight and flying to Milwaukee tomorrow, I could have gotten a rental car. I could have been home in about four and a half hours. Um, that's just too risky. The uh, The flight situation in this country yeah. right now is a bit of a disaster. I don't want to get into that. Charlie Seeloff. Yeah. Uh, no. Or no. Oh, oops. Wait, what? Charlie Marino. Charlie Marino. Yeah. Dan Amazing. Marino? Yes. There you go. Really? 
Yeah. That's I, awesome. I feel awkward going back into baseball. No, we can go into no, baseball. Every, sure? Let's go. Everybody's doing everybody's doing very good. Yeah, I'm very okay. happy for them. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of things I want to get to in this podcast. We also had two people uh, on Twitter ask us questions, so we want to get to that. It's a football Sunday. We'll do our uh, team's predictions, of course. But we'll get back in just to the baseball aspect of things. This is game six of 16 uh, straight for the Miami Marlins. And, Kyle, I guess when you look at this stretch, what's going to be key here, I guess, to keeping this bullpen as fresh as possible? I don't know. I, I mean, it's a good question. They're not going. In my opinion, they will not be able to. They do not have enough starting pitching. They don't have five starting pitchers right now. And Skip made it pretty clear when I asked him yesterday that I will do anything at all costs to win every game without really looking ahead towards tomorrow. Um, and when you manage like that, and you have no choice when you have an opportunity to potentially go to the postseason. They're, they're not going to stay fresh. That's the bottom line. And that I, I, I'm they, not, they probably weren't going to stay fresh with five starting pitchers. Right. And I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that's. Listen, you, with, you know, with, it's not a good situation, but they won't stay fresh, and they are going to have to get run into the ground. And if it gives them a chance to get into the dance and roll the dice, the, there's nothing more you can ask for. But that's the situation that they're in right now. The Sandy, that's the, been the biggest issue, right? Because you, even though he's not the Sandy from last year. He is still really, really good. He's still a guy that's going to go out there, give you seven, eight, nine innings, can give you the complete game. He is a savior of a bullpen. And all of a sudden, now he's not pitching. Not saying that he's not going to come back. Not saying that he can't come back. Spoke with him. He says he's feeling good. But I think that was a a huge blow for this team. And, And in doing so, then you need somebody to step up. You're going to need a Lazardo to say, hey, I'm going to have to go go a little bit longer. I'm going to need a Braxton Garrett to say, hey, I'm going to need to go a little bit longer. Who are all on career-ending limits right Right. now. (laughs) But but here's the thing. If this team wants to make it to the playoffs, you're going to have to ask for those guys to do something that they might not be comfortable doing. Because guess what? That bullpen has been really good all year. And you have been overusing them, and they're going to continue to get overused because now you have openers. You're going to have guys coming in. Edward Cabrera, they like Edward Cabrera coming in not as a starter. They like him coming in after an opener. There's mindset to it, you know, guys, you know, preparation and all that kind of work that goes into being a starter. Sometimes it gets overanalyzed for a player, and they're better just coming out of the bullpen, right? They like those kind of guys for him so you're going to have to use different guys in different situations and you're going to have to step up but you're going to have to ask for a Johnny Cueto to give you five six innings as well when he's starting out there can't really have a game like he had yesterday going three and two thirds he's going to have to give you some length it's going to be tough can they do it I believe so I think Lazardo is a guy who can go deeper into sure. games I think Braxton Garrett is a guy that goes deeper into games I know that he's been throwing basically 90 he might have to throw into the one 105 and give you that extra inning. I would I would say this too. You know, there's one organization in particular that's perfected the art of an opener. That's the race. the race. But what comes with an opener is blowing through a bullpen, which which is not the end of the world because it's been shown time after time that doing this can work. I think it's also fair to say too. The Marlins don't just have three starting pitchers. They do have four, and Edward Cabrera is a starting pitcher. And and look if. You know, when are we TBA? Tomorrow? Is it, is it Monday? Sorry. I don't know if it's Monday or Tuesday. We're TBA. If he comes in and pitches five and a third after one guy opens the game, he started the game. Right. Like, so they still they, – they have four starting pitchers. 
tomorrow it's Lazardo, by the way, Kyle. And then so Tuesday, Tuesday, so Tuesday they'd be TBA. TBA. Yep. So let's say Cabrera pitches on Tuesday. He just doesn't start the game. He comes in in the second inning and he works to the, he works five and a third. He works into the seventh or whatever. That's a start. You know that that's a start. They have four starting pitchers. But I think the bottom line when you're in this position. One that the Marlins have not been in in 20 years, really, in a full season outside of. I mean, 2016 they had a they had a puncher's chance, and 2020 I think is just an all totally different story. Guys are going to have to post. They're going to have to show up every day, and if you feel like a ton of trash, you might have to go in, and you might have to get big outs. You might need to get a big hit. But when it's all said and done, if they don't make the postseason, they got to be dragging rear end on the final day yeah. of the season, giving it everything that they possibly had. And Skip's going to manage that way. And I know the players are going to give them that effort. And, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll go to the optimistic side. But because we got two Twitter questions today for the podcast and we are talking about Edward Cabrera, I want you guys to answer this real quick. This is from at Marlins Fish Forever. Will we see Edward Cabrera start again this season? I don't think that matters. I, I don't think it matters. Like, if he comes in in the second inning and he pitches five and a third and he allows a run on three hits, that's a start. Right. I, I'm going to agree completely with, with Kyle. Okay. He's not going to start maybe the game, but he's going to be a starter. He's going to come in after, you know, an Oakert or after a Shagwall. After somebody gets the first three, then he'll come in. I think it's just for that mental part, um, stability for him. I think that he struggles, you know, coming in with that plan of I, the way that I'm getting ready, the way that I'm going out there. He is better coming out of the bullpen where there's less thought. Get that baseball, I'm going to throw it because his stuff plays. I think that's what they're going to continue doing. They have seen that, you know what, he is better off doing it that way. And Kyle's right. You get an opener out there, and the Rays has done it a whole bunch. Sure. Throws one inning, fine. You get the first three guys out. Then all of a sudden Cabrera comes in and gives you six innings. Well, guess what? That's a heck of a start. It's not technically a start. But that really is a starting pitcher. You know what it reminds me of? Switching sports really quickly. The Heat did this with Tyler Hero. He was really a six starter. He was sixth man of the year, but he played starter minutes. Right. You know, he just was better coming off the bench. He was going up against uh, a different rotation at the time, and it just worked. So I, I think there's a little similarity. Uh, obviously, two different sports, but um, similar concept of some guys are just better off the bench. Some guys are better off six men. Some guys are better off coming out of the bullpen. Brian Hoeing is like that. Brian Hoeing, same. You know, from and a that's, And that's another guy probably that you are going to see. You know, you're going to get a guy that's going to come an opener, and then all of a sudden you can get a, a Soriano or a Hoeing that could give you multiple innings. I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden we see maybe Soriano for three or four, and then we have Hoeing for three or four. Then you just definitely saved your bullpen, used three guys to win a ball game if they're able to win, and then guess what? Okay, fine and dandy. That's not a big deal. You're not really destroying your bullpen doing it that way. They'll be fine if they have guys that can come in and effectively, there's a difference between a bulk guy that comes in and gives up a dozen runs and it's and it's non-competitive. It's much different if Hoeing and Soriano and these guys who've done a wonderful job all season long can come in in a bulk role. You know, it's just a title. I mean, you could you call a starting pitcher a bulk guy just get eating up innings. But if Soriano and Hoeing and these type of guys come in and they can pitch three or four innings at a time, you're saving the bullpen. It's really that that's a short start. Four innings is a short start. So this all could work out perfectly because you start mixing and matching and one guy in the first and then somebody Keep for balance right, right. like it, it could all work out but there, the, but just to shoot it straight there's also a scenario where it gets dicey in a hurry and you you know so it's it, you know it's interesting um they have a chance they ha they have a chance is it ideal i don't know maybe, maybe this all works out perfectly um but they have a chance and uh 
it's a much different situation on September 10th in 2023 than it was in 2022, and that's all you can ask for. Optimistically now, because it sounds like it's doom and gloom. Marlins have won seven of nine. They've taken care of business against Washington. They've taken care of business against the Dodgers, two out of three. Have an opportunity to win this series in Philadelphia. Gabby, what's resonated with you over this last week and a half stretch for the Marlins? Well, I want, first I want to say that I, I don't think we're doing anything doom or gloom. Yeah, I think that's the, the reality of the situation. It's just sure. reality. It, it is right now starting pitching with Sandy going down. Guys are going to have to step up. We have guys that have certain roles that they can be in. Long relievers. We have good long relievers in Soriano and in Hoeing. You can put those guys together back to back, and that could be a really good starting pitcher. So you can use two guys to basically really give you a whole bunch of length in a game. So I don't think that we're being doom and gloom and and bringing down we're just saying exactly what no, it i is think the vibe the was field. a little bit like uh i don't want to say w worried but maybe we are i, I don't know no I, I don't think it's just worried i just think we're kind of just saying exactly you know what the marlins it's are, a reality. are dealing with right. it's just reality no, it is. And, and and you're right too uh when you look at the way that they have been playing we have talked about it and i told you you know a while ago that this team was going to go on a run and they were going to swing the bats they, they couldn't be held down for that long for that long period of time without all of a sudden you know getting that upswing and right now we're in that upswing and you got to continue to utilize take that advantage, upswing yep. and take advantage of everything that you got the guys are swinging the bat good they scored four runs yesterday they probably could have tacked on a couple more remember we had chances with guys on base we out hit the Phillies so when you looked at it yesterday's game yeah they won but we still got more hits we just didn't get those hits with guys in scoring position it's been kind of an issue maybe this second half uh, it gotten better because they were going on a little bit of a streak there but hopefully that continues because I do believe that up and down in this lineup you know with the additions there is more power there is more length yep. guys are coming up um, but again just like in that pitching the bottom of the lineup has come up big too and hopefully that can continue and then all of a sudden once the top of the lineup and bottom of the lineup get back together again now you go on your other little run of four and five games in a row I would say too I, I think it's okay to worry a little bit because if the Marlins are going to do this, it's going to be unconventional. Yeah. Right? I like it, it. It's not that it's never been done before. Again, I think a perfect example is the Rays at times over the last decade. They've utilized multiple openers multiple days in a row and they've won a ton of games it's just the it, it, i think it's probably worrisome because you just don't you can't pencil in like okay he's going today right and you have the next four lined right, up in right, milwaukee right. and then you're just going to just crank through and if you don't make it you don't make it maybe they didn't pitch well down the stretch the marlins are just going to have to get very creative in how they effort to do this and that and doesn't mean they set. can't do it yep. um but they're going to go all in the chips are going to be all in they're going to have to get big hits they're going to have to pitch well whether you're pitching in the first or the ninth or anywhere in between and you know look i mean it, this is the big leagues but if you pitch well and you score four or five runs a game and you get a big hit you're gonna have a chance to win the darn thing one of the things too that i want to throw in is this whole entire year i feel like we've been searching for one role and it's a big role and it's that closing role Mm. And, I, and I feel like there has been a guy who has stepped up, put the big boy pants on, and has done a really fantastic job here as of late to get that ball in that ninth inning and then just go right after guys and blow the doors down. And it's something that he couldn't do in Tanner Scott 
earlier on. And I think he's kind of figured out the mindset and what he needs to do to be successful in that role. And boy, he has been looking really good. So when you start to look at it, once the Marlins have the lead, that lefty lane is looking really good with A.J. Puck, with Nardi, with Tanner Scott. and, And that's big to know that you know, for Skip Schumacher, hey, get me into the seventh inning with the lead, and I'm very comfortable on putting my lefty lane in there to get this win. Yep, I would agree. I think the the bullpen, specifically Tanner Scott, he's been phenomenal all year long. But the one thing that's resonated with me was um, the Marlins had a really hard time during that tough stretch of putting up crooked number uh innings yep you, know, you look at the dodger series i know it's that's oversized the the 10 runs or whatever the nine runs in the fifth inning but even yesterday you know they're down five nothing and i think there's now that that feeling again that the marlins had earlier in the year that doesn't matter what the score is right now like they can plate four in an inning like they did yesterday i think if if they can keep that and bottle that up that's going to be critical and vital for them towards the end of the year um as they chase that that wild card spot yeah, I wouldn't add much more to that other than I think I, I, I do think they're going to have to get creative with this, but if the offense can find a way to score between four, five, six runs a game, they're going to have a great opportunity to win um, a, a bunch of games here down the stretch, really. And I you know, I know everybody looks at the National League wild card picture, and obviously I understand why. The Marlins are on the outside looking in. I still really do think if they can win 12 more games, if they can get to 85, I think they're going to get in. Um, now, if the Diamondbacks just go on an all-time heater here, maybe not. But uh, outside of just, like, hunting down the Diamondbacks every day, I think if the Marlins can find a way to win 12 more games, I do think somebody – I do think they'll get in with 85. I really, really do. They own a couple tiebreakers. Um, they've done pretty well in their division this season. They're 20 and 22, which is important if yeah. you do finish tied with somebody and you've split the season series. So And they um, have the season series against Arizona. Yeah. They're 4-2 you know, against them. I, I, and I said all along, and I'll stand by this. This Chase is a this, Phillies. <laughs> this is a This is a nasty – well, no, but this is a nasty stretch. Come out of this thing five and I think you're gonna have a good chance right I mean then it's you know it's Milwaukee and then um, Atlanta Atlanta and then Milwaukee again right I think if they come out of the stretch 500 which would give them what another five or six wins at 78 79 then with two weeks and 10 12 games left to play you got to win six more I think they have a chance I think 85 could get them in I really do to piggyback real quick Kyle about the Arizona Diamondbacks they've got 19 games left three against Houston four against Chicago they finish up a series in uh in Chicago today but they're going to play the Cubs again for three more the Giants for two the White Sox for three the Mets for four and the Yankees for three so not not a you know no, it's not easy not, no, an, not easy an easy schedule, schedule either. let's do our Twitter we got one more question on Twitter today I do like to answer them I don't know if I should say their ad name but I just will at unbiased fan not that I want to be picky but what matchup is most favorable for Miami if they make the playoffs <laughs> well I mean you gotta wait to see that's the only problem hmm I think the Marlins would handle themselves pretty well in Chicago against the Cubs. I do not want to see Milwaukee. Um, I think their pitching dominates, especially in a short series. I think the Cubs would be a great matchup. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you can pick and choose who, who you could play, of course, I think the Cubs would be a favorable matchup for the Marlins. But it's all going to be, too, who are we able to have as that starting pitcher? Is Sandy okay? Is Sandy back yeah. out there? Um, because when you start to look at it, Yuri Perez, you, you think he's going to probably go five and dive. That's been That's his range. That's going to be his yep. range that he's going to throw. Um, and he's probably only got 
three more three starts more left. He's pitching once a week. Yeah, he's pitching once a week. But yeah, I still, I, I, if I had to pick one, that's going to be the team that I'm going to pick. Cubs. Cubs. Yep. So as of right now, um, the Atlanta Braves, they've got a first round by. The LA Dodgers, they have a first round by. So for the Marlins, if they finish in that sixth seed, which is Arizona right now, they would play the Brewers, the NL Central champs. We don't know who's decided that, obviously, yet. And then if they sneak into that five spot, they would play the four spot, which would be the Philadelphia Phillies. So you get two wild card matchups, the four and five, and then that final wild card spot, the six, you get the division winner uh, in the NL Central. So interesting stuff here, 20 games left for the Marlins. Last thing, it is the first Sunday, football Sunday here, Who's your guys' teams? And give me your predictions on your teams. Predictions on my team? Well, You're I mean, a Dolphin my, guy. My, my, I'm the Dolphins, and my prediction are that they're definitely making it to the playoffs oh, this year. Oh, definitely making it to the oh, playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Tua staying healthy. Tough division. Well, the thing is that Tua's worked on, you know, how to be able to tuck himself when he's getting hit down to the ground. I think we're not going to have those uh, concussion uh, with him anymore because what was happening wasn't that he was getting hit. It was just the way, was the way that he was falling down that was, you know, really hurting him. And he worked really hard this offseason uh, to learn how to basically take that hit and, and take the fall. And I don't think we're going to have a problem because when he was there, boy, that's a good-looking team. You got really good. Hill is out there. Waddle's out there. You got really good wide receivers, the running backs, Mostert. You know, Wilson, who's on the IL when, on the IL when he comes, or the PUP, whatever it is, when he comes back, he'll be good as well. Um, that's a, that's a good-looking team. 17 games. Too. Give me your 11 and 6, 10 and 7, uh, 12 and 5. I, I'm going to say that they are going to go 12 and 5. 12 and 5. I think they're going I love, 12 and that's 5. why I videoed it today. We have our uh, football prediction. So, Gabby Sanchez, 12 and 5 for the Miami Dolphins. Mr. Seeloff. I'm a Jets fan, and I think realistically we go 17 and 0. <laughs> <laughs> 10 and 7. 10 and 7. 10 and 7. All right. I'm a diehard Viking fan. 11 and 6. All right. Well, good luck to everybody. Yep. And God bless. And good night. Bye bye.